Support for this podcast is provided by Cosmic, a Portland-based agency consisting of technologists, storytellers, and strategists who help nonprofits and B Corps quickly grow revenue and impact. Start growing your mission-driven organization with Cosmic at AmplifyPDX.com. Support for this podcast is provided by Cressa. Cressa is the Occupier's Champion, the world's premier corporate real estate advisory firm, exclusively serving startup businesses and major global organizations alike. As a Portland pillar for over 25 years, Cressa partners with its clients throughout the entire project lifecycle, from workplace strategy and discovery through the deal transaction and project management delivery of space. Cressa partners without conflict and applies integrated expertise to make your business better. Go to cressa.com Portland to connect with the Portland advisory team. From that cast creative, I'm Dan Bruton, and this is the PDX Executive Podcast. A show where I talk with inspiring leaders who are shaping the future of Portland, Oregon. Every week I sit down with business executives, startup founders, and community leaders to dive into their career journey and get insights into the impactful work they're doing in our slice of the great Pacific Northwest. Hey everyone, welcome back to the PDX Executive Podcast. I'm your host, Dan Bruton. Uh, I wanted to mention, if, if you just started listening to the podcast, a big thank you. We've been doing this for about five years, and I really like to focus on you know entrepreneurship, what's going on here, not only Portland, but the Pacific Northwest. I've had some you know amazing entrepreneurs on over the years and have another one today that I'm excited to learn more about their company and kind of where they're going with it. So I'm excited to have Aaron Ambusky on, who is the founder of Hest. Hey, Aaron. Hi there. So you have, you're in the industry that uh, I'm a big tent camper. I would say more oh. car tent camping because I have a seven-year-old, so we're not venturing out too much. Of course, during the pandemic, I think a lot of people have got outside and, and doing more outdoor activities. So maybe a good place to start is just, you know, tell us a little bit about what Hest makes, what it is, and how'd you get started? Awesome. I mean, Hest, we're on a mission to provide better sleep so you can play more, really offering all the best things from your home mattress, portable deluxe comfort experience for the outdoors. Hest was born out of a pain point of mine. I uh, was driving to my campsite like yourself, usually with small kids or friends and sleeping terribly. And having spent my career in product design and development, uh, I was at K2 Sports for 18 years, working on skis and snowboards and snowboard boots and all sorts of products. Just naturally started researching what could offer a better night's sleep in the outdoors. And through my research, found what we experience in our home mattress is pressure point relief, body alignment, that's temperature regulation, none of which is really provided by current technologies in the outdoor industry, which is air. And then the research also kind of discovered the bed in the box industry that has these highly engineered polyfoams that compress into small boxes and arrive at our house and provide all those benefits of a better night's sleep and started just kind of building some prototypes and digging into what I saw as an opportunity to, to introduce a, a better method of sleeping in the outdoors and landed on our, our original sleep system. Uh, our sleep system takes highly engineered polyfoams and puts that up against the customer so that they have the pressure point relief, body alignment, and temperature regulation. We, we cover that foam with technical fabrics that you find in uh, outerwear or other areas that are breathable and have stretch and conform to the foam. And then we basically put a stand-up paddleboard on the bottom to just mm -hmm. make it super durable, waterproof, 
and create this platform that you could sleep anywhere in the outdoors and recreate your home mattress experience. Well, thanks for that overview. I know just, I haven't heard the product yet, but reading the reviews, they're stellar. So I'm excited to get one for me and my son for the nice. camp a lot. But I wanted to back up, you know, I always love talking to entrepreneurs where like, they're just trying to solve something for themselves first, right? It's like they're getting, <laughs> so you're getting crappy night's sleep when you're camping. You have this background, of course, in product design and the outdoor industry. I kind of want to break down, you know, you did some prototypes. Did you circulate it to friends? And then did you always have kind of your back of the mind? I'm, I'm doing this to create a business. Was this, how did that kind of come about? Yeah, it was definitely to solve a problem. Um, and it was genuinely getting ready. It was actually a river trip on the John Day down in Oregon that I was nice. preparing for and thinking through all the mattresses that I had that that hadn't been as successful in the past. Yeah. And it just started with prototypes um, going to, you know, I think a lot of times the whole innovation and product design can can start with just ordering some products that exist, uh, ordering some some toppers out there, some foam. I think actually some interesting discovery was going to the International Sleep Industry trade show. Uh, I mean, I and that's a show. It. Yeah, it exists. <laughs> uh, it's it amazing. Exists. <laughs> and I mean, I had been going to the ski industry trade shows, outdoor retailer trade shows all of my career. And that's where you go and you talk to people that are super smart and kind of understand the problems you're trying to solve and was able to do that in the sleep industry and talk to a bunch of smart people that knew way more about engineered polyfoams and kind of the opportunity of what I was trying to discover. And, and actually the stand-up paddleboard was inspiration from a stand-up paddleboard. I was uh, biking mm -hmm. along Lake Washington and kind of ideating around this idea of bringing foam to the outdoors, but wanting to have a way that we could elevate it and like make it a more interesting design. And, and so, yeah, I bought a bunch of stand-up paddle boards and started putting them under foam and testing it out. And it's actually super cool because you can, I mean, it's the stand-up paddle board, you're strain locking the air. So you're creating a really stiff platform for the amount of PSI. And what that offers as well is that you can adjust the PSI to kind of tune your, your comfort and support. So hmm. it's, it's an adjustable mattress. Okay. Uh, we probably don't lean into that marketing as much as we could, but uh, there's some really interesting technologies and features, I believe, in kind of our original sleep system. And the company was founded 2019 or am I totally wrong? <laughs> uh, 2019 was when we first started delivering product. Yep. Okay. So you had been maybe in development a little bit before that. Yeah. And I know you've raised some money. So yes. maybe is it around, can you say what it is? Was it around three and a half million or? Yeah, we've raised three and a half million to date. And yeah, I think I talk about my naive optimism has worked really well in product mm. design and development. And I was pretty naive about the whole fundraising side of, of a startup. And I think that that has been a huge education for me. And I feel very fortunate that early on in my journey met some just very smart people that had done this before and or investors that had done, been involved with successful startups and really figuring out what it takes and what's necessary to fund what is, you know, a pretty difficult challenge because no bank's going to loan to you. Uh, mm -hmm. I mean, I was coming from an industry where we had a revolving line of credit for a seasonal ski business and uh, that supported all of our development and working capital. And uh, as a startup, you don't have access to those tools and uh, have to really lean on the, the market, the fundraising and uh, really supportive people that are out there looking for opportunities to support growth in startups. 
So you're in Seattle, Aaron. And so does it help that we're in the Pacific Northwest, like this bastion of outdoor apparel and industry? Do you, have you found community in helping you kind of grow and start the company in that? Yeah. I mean, I from a funding, are you asking? Or from uh Yeah, let's do this. Talk about both. I mean, the funding <laughs> part, you said you're a little yeah, naive. I mean, I think uh, for sure, having spent my career in the outdoor industry has been a wonderful positive and benefit to starting this company. I mean, just being able to call friends like uh, Chris Bencheller, who is an amazing skier who I used to design skis with, and he can benefit from a better night's sleep. And he's super excited to work with Hest and promote us as something that helps him. So those are great relationships, uh, relationships in media, supply chain. I'm, I'd say unique in that I spent 20 years in an industry and then did a startup uh, yeah. versus kind of the out of school or like a uh, young startup. So I've been able to apply a lot of relationships and know-how. And then, yeah, I think the outdoor industry, even from a fundraising, has kind of a nice passion angle to it uh, that people you know, are, benef- are pretty excited to be along for the journey and help build a brand that is rooted in the outdoor and a lot of the activities and passions that uh, investors are interested in. Yeah. And I, I want to go back to something you said. I mean, I think it might, you said it a little understated, but I think it's really important is, you know, there's this ideal version of entrepreneur. They're, they're super young, haven't done anything. They're just, you know, they start a company, have not a lot of experience, but someone like you, who's has this specialized experience for 20 years and then starting, I think that's becoming more the norm. It might not be the narrative all the time. And there's so many advantages to that. And I'm curious, was that experience and story when you were going to investors, did they look on that very favor- favorably, I would assume? Yeah, I think I mean, it goes both, way, both ways, yeah. right? I mean, it's kind of, I'm sure there's a really, there's sayings out there of like finding the balance of risk and wisdom and willingness to take risk uh, versus knowing too much and mm. not wanting to take risk because you know too much. So hmm. I think there's an interesting balance. Yeah, for sure with investors, I think talking to me, there's an opportunity for me to talk through the trust and uh, mm-hmm. you know what I can offer as a value to building something with a deep history in supply chain, a deep history in the outdoor right. industry, uh, deep history in bringing uh, innovative products to market uh, successfully. So I think that has helped the the fundraising for sure. But yeah, I think there's just different, I think good advice early on is there's just different types of money out there uh, and just finding the money that aligns with you as yeah. a founder uh, is is really a goal. And And there's plenty of money out there that's looking for 20x returns on tech ideas from young investors who are willing to, you know, take huge risks. And, and those are wonderful payouts if they yeah. they are successful. So I think it's just, there's different investors for different types of founders. Right. And I think it's super important to, to kind of reiterate. So thanks for, for talking through that. And of course, our friends at Cascade Seed Fund is an investor and has. So, so going back, you launched a product 2019. This little thing happened globally <laughs> uh, with COVID. And then it, it seems like it struck a moment where camping just exploded. Of course, it was one of the things you could do. People felt safe. Uh, other things were shut down. How did that help you? And maybe how did that you know, challenge you at the same time. Yeah. So maybe I'll tell a longer story of what yeah. that uh, looks like. But so yeah, it was late 2019, 
really launched it as an MVP in my mind of we built 75 of these sleep systems. I had good sage advice early on, like building a startup takes longer and costs more money than you'll ever imagine. So <laughs> get a day job. So I was fortunately to join a product design consultancy who has now since become a, a very important part of Hest as they do all of our product design and development uh, called Ideology here in Seattle. And so I got a day job, did this MVP as a kind of test of the concept, um, had some great media, sold a bunch of them, which was super exciting. And then January of 2020, REI called, uh, actually emailed me at info at Hest.com and you know, started chatting with them. They were intrigued by the the product. And I would say, yeah, we shipped our first pallet of sleep systems to REI in March of 2020. And then, yeah, the world shut down. (laughs) Uh, That was a pretty crazy time to be a founder and not knowing what was going to happen. Uh, We had shipped all of the 75 by that point. Fortunately, I convinced a friend who uh, runs a Chinese factory to build more sleep systems and give me terms to do so. So he built more that I was able to have arrive in stock in June. And then all of a sudden, to your point, like camping came back and not just came back, like it was the thing to do. And so it was really about a year of trying to keep up with REI and their expansion. Mm -hmm. We went from three stores to 26 stores to 126 stores. They now carry multiple products of ours in 126 stores. And yeah, the pandemic has been a crazy tailwind for us as a startup in the outdoor industry and uh, camping is has done well. And I think there's just, yeah, it was a really interesting push into people spending more time in the outdoors. Yeah. So you, you kind of hit this moment, but it's interesting to say you're trying to keep up and it's, <laughs> that is so, uh, I mean, I, I kind of chuckle at it, but someone literally from REI emailed info at has.com. How did they find you? Or, I mean, I know obviously you're in the vicinity of where their headquarters is, but how did word get to them? Like, I think a lot of makers and, and early stage product companies are like, you know, they're dying to get into some of these retailers that are fit for them. And of course, REI uh, is for you. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I've, I think uh, it was definitely the media. I mean, we got some good hits. So I think that created some publicity and then... Yeah, I mean, we had a website and I think we were offering something that was unique and having now gotten to know the REI team, just something they were looking for that was filling a a gap that they saw in their market. So uh, I think it was just in alignment and maybe there's some luck in there. But yeah, it was a a great partnership that has lasted to the today and uh, they they continue to be an amazing partner. No, that's cool. I mean, it's it's interesting because there's no short of shortage uh, let's be honest of uh camping sleep pads out there if you go on amazon it's just flooded with these uh, crappy products uh, you know that come up and so it's important i think for maybe other founders to realize like even in a a market that's uh, around you can still create this very specialized there's still a need for really good products and and rei saw that so that's cool and um getting it back a little bit to the rei i mean can you share how like the expansion works in their their stores? Is it just you do the tests, see how it performs, and you just build trust? And I assume that's kind of how it goes, right? Yeah. And, and I think another thing just to mention with this whole transition from 2019 to 2020, yeah. like 
uh, back in 2019, like direct to consumer was all, all anyone talked about. And, and I really right. had an intention of creating a direct to consumer brand because I love the idea of interacting directly with our customers. And since, you know, and we still continue to do that where we learn intimately directly with the customers, but it was all about, you know, capturing all that margin, uh, right. interacting with the customers, using all these amazing tools, cheap uh, cost of customer acquisition. And when REI called, it was a bit of like, oh, do I also sell in another channel? And mm. uh, it was a hard, hard to say no to REI. So it was definitely uh, easier to say yes. But I think it was actually a, a windfall for us as we now look at the challenges in the market of, I think, having a multi-channel strategy is critical because we continue to see the evolution of how customers are buying and how brands right. are able to be successful. And uh, I feel very fortunate that REI reached out at the time they did because it allowed us to build a multi-channel strategy early on. Right. And they're good. I mean, they're a, a good example of just being a really good partner in that strategy versus yeah. some other large retailers that may not operate that way. And so I, yeah, I appreciate you sharing that too. I mean, where do you foresee kind of, do you track like the campaign? I mean, you probably do just industry adoption. Is this, this trend here to stay and only growing? I mean, I can just say when I just went, I mean, I do a lot of state uh, campgrounds because I have two young kids and it's just almost impossible to get a spot at this point anywhere. So I, I'm just, that's anecdotal, but I'm assuming things are going to stay strong. Yeah. I mean, we're seeing that for sure. Uh, I mean, we've never experienced a pandemic into a recession, but <laughs> right. recessions right. typically do really well for camping. I mean, yeah. it is uh, an approachable, you know, cost-effective way to spend time with family and friends. I mean, traditionally, camping, fishing, and alcohol do really well in recessions. <laughs> and uh, yeah. I think we'll continue to see that. I think you also saw a lot of people that came to camping during the pandemic or came back to it. And mm. I mean, I think it's a wonderful activity. It's uh, something you can do for a relatively low cost and it's really fulfilling and satisfying uh, beyond, you know, a lot of the screen time and other things yeah. and distractions we have in our daily life. So yeah, I think coming out of the pandemic, there will just continue to be interesting challenges in that, uh, I mean, we went from a strong industry to an industry that blew up. I mean, how mm -hmm. in physical products, uh, they do really well in steady state environments. I mean, and with the pandemic, you went from one year having one level of demand to like three X that demand the next year. And that just creates kind of crazy supply chain and mm. retailers are, you know, they went from not having enough product, buying absolutely as much product as they could to now maybe they have more product than they need. I mean, they're showing a lot of the data We're you know, we're well up, in advance or where we were in 2019 for camping and participation. Mm -hmm. uh, but during 2020 and 2021, like it was just out of this world. Sure. Uh, so like how you get through these fluctuations and then get to a steady state again, I think will be, you know, it'll still be a couple of years to sort that out, but it's a really interesting. And I think that again, the customer behavior is really what drives it the most. Yeah. And I see people continuing to camp. Yeah, absolutely. How do you look at, you know, you since you've built a strong brand, I, I think just with, um, it sounds like the, the reputation of your experience and the quality, how are you looking at, I mean, cause you talked about the direct consumer model and just that brand building and trust. 
how do you look, how does that um, evolve for you? I guess, how, how do you strengthen that? What are some of the things, you know, maybe brand partnership or marketing wise you're, you're looking at? Yeah. I mean, we're super excited about where the brand is today. Uh, we feel sleep is super important. Uh, I mean, the health and wellness of it, as well as just kind of the trust and loyalty potential of what a better sleep experience can, can offer as a relationship with our customer. Uh, so we're pretty excited that in a lot of cases, in most cases, we're offering a customer a better experience in the outdoors that they're really psyched on. So uh, we think that that is creating a position in our customer's mind that uh, is really powerful. We will continue to lean into that and try and, I mean, I definitely believe in the better things for a better experience. And mm-hmm. so, you know, designing products that will help them enjoy the outdoors better is really our priority. I think there's other really interesting opportunities that we'll continue to lean into with the trust and building our brand. I think our community Pretty awesome. I mean, we had a festival this last spring that in uh, West. Did, did you say festival? Yes. What's that? Tell us about that. Uh, so, we just had this idea of <clears throat> bringing kind of our friends and uh, people that had bought products from us and were interested in participating to a weekend in West Slope of Colorado, where we rented out an orchard and had this amazing camp outing where we had live music and wonderful activities. Awesome. Yeah. We had like 2000 people show up for, uh, you know, our Saturday activities and pretty awesome opportunity to just make a deeper connection with our customers and kind of build continued loyalty. Uh, so we'll continue to look into events. Uh, we probably did 15 events this year where we showed up from overlanding to mountain bike events to different activities that aligned with our customers where people could try our products and learn more about the brand and really experience what benefits we offer. So we'll continue to do that. We're looking hard at like other ways we can foster and develop our community. Pretty excited about kind of our fan base and Hmm. how people, you know, continue to talk about us helping them come back to camping or they're spending more nights out camping because of our products. Uh, and then, so helping them better, you know, better tell their stories is exciting for us. So, yeah, I think those are some of the thoughts that we're having right now. I mean, Aaron, to have 2000 people show up for, you know, a, a company that's been around a couple of years is amazing. And I, you mentioned your fan base and that way of looking at it like that. I think that's great advice to other companies. Easier said than done. So congratulations, I think, to build that community around it. And that's all. I mean, you're, you're spreading the word about some of these events and, and things you're doing just for that relationship you have capturing, you know, emails and just partnering with other events, I assume really organic, it seems like. Yeah. And I mean, brand partnerships are huge. Uh, yeah. That's no secret, but I think finding ways that we can work with like-minded brands and, you know, from simple tactics like giveaways to doing events together. I mean, we had wonderful brands that participated in the first festival. We're going to do another festival this next spring and already reaching out to some of our brand partners. You know, we've been able to align with brands like Rivian and do some interesting projects with them. Mercedes has been kind of an interesting partner. Uh, And so, yeah, those are all really wonderful. We just did like a pillow with Chris Bencheller as an artist. We'll continue to look at some like opportunities with other brands and artists to do collabs with our pillow. Our pillow is kind of a cool product in that 
it really embodies a lot of the vision for the brand where, you know, it's a personal portable sleep product. I mean, we have people using it when they go to an Airbnb, they're using it on a road trip. They're certainly using it car camping, but mm-hmm. like looking for other opportunities to do projects with other brand partners and uh, really introduce our pillow to more people that can benefit from it. I love that. And and it, the thing about the industry you're in, it sounds like there's, there is that spirit of collaboration among you mentioned Rivian and Mercedes, I assume, with their Sprinter vans. So that's great that you've been able to kind of unlock some of that to, to help each other. Um, yep. Well, Aaron, as we kind of wrap here, I always like to ask, you know, as someone who started a company, and we've all been just through so much the last few years, and the hits keep on coming. <laughs> like, but hey, we're, we potentially might be. Uh, whether we're already are in it, uh, you know, a changing of economic conditions and what that looks for you know, fundraising, just consumers. How are you in, approaching that as leading a company? And maybe, I don't know, some of your advisors or, or um, I'm giving you advice about, you know, things like that. Uh, the current environment and just the challenges. Yeah, like, I mean, and potentially like, hey, next year, you know, signs are pointing to maybe a, a, a more of a slowdown economically. And I don't you know what that means for, if you're looking to raise more money as a founder or, you know, a consumer's pulling back on, on some of their dollars. So, yeah, I mean, certainly there's tons of advice out there. It's not very hard to look in the news yeah, for, you know, yeah. being conservative, you know, knowing that there are going to be some significant headwinds in the future. But I guess like most founders, I believe there's a reason for our product to exist in the world. And I believe we're like making an impact and helping people in a way that, cuts through those headwinds. Uh, so I think it's focusing just like you would normally uh, as a founder with a startup on, you know, truly delivering a promise and a, you know, a brand that is differentiated and, you know, improving our customer experiences. I think it's lots of the tactics that you work on to try and develop and uh, create a new company, which is super hard. And I think the headwinds don't make it easier and you Yes, need to make conservative decisions where you need to, but all mm-hmm. and be smart about your other decisions. But I think it's also just focusing, you know, being laser focused on the same reasons that you think your startup should be uh, creating value and, and and existing in this world. So and yeah, you can get into plenty of tactics around valuations are tougher, mm-hmm. so you might be raising money in a different way. So you you know you're always kind of pivoting and trying to play to the environment that that is the best uh, suited for the current environment. But I think it also just puts laser focus on the important factors that 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 deliver a successful startup. Right. Well, Aaron, thanks so much for being on the show. Where can people find more about Hest and the upcoming Hestival? Where's it going to be next year? We like this area in kind of central Colorado. It's it's sadly okay. not very easy to get to from Northwest. It's uh, but it, it works really well for our customer base in the Rockies. So uh, yeah, it's the last weekend in April. We're excited to do that, but we'll also be at other events around the Pacific Northwest. Uh, so definitely look out for us and say hi if you you see us around. And yeah, our website is hest.com. Hestia is the Greek goddess of home and hearth. So Hest is bringing the comforts of the home to the outdoors. And yeah, excited to be on here and be able to share more about Hest with you. The PDX Executive Podcast is a production of ThatCast, a Portland, Oregon podcast agency that partners with brands to create custom podcasts. 
You can learn more at thatcast.com. And please take a moment to subscribe and rate the podcast as well.